Andy Fenton. Mr. Witten. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday to you, my friend. It's a good day. It is. It is. I can see that uh, that's a glass of wine this time. Uh, back on the grapes, not on the green juice this time. The red juice rather than the green juice. Maybe just one glass. Maybe just one, one glass. glass. A cheeky, a cheeky one glass. A cheeky one glass. <laughs> a little while. Oh, great. Uh, well, uh, good to see you, my friend. Great to hang out with you uh, on a Friday. We've got a few people in the house already grabbing a wine. Got to grab your wine, absolutely. Uh, whoever's <laughs> that, you're probably in one of the one of the groups. We can't see your name. Facebook's doing some strange stuff. G'day, Ben. Good to see you, mate. Uh, uh, welcome along. Uh, there's Lauren. Um, there's Brooke. A few people in the house with us, Andy. Um, so uh, so that's great. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Welcome yeah. one and all. And it's uh, it's been a big week. It's been budget week this week. So uh, all of you who are out there, it'd be interesting to see what your questions are before we get kicking off. Uh, of course, introduce yourself, say g'day. Uh, call us sexy beasts like uh, Craig, and obviously <laughs> he's had far too much wine already today. Thanks, Craig. He's, he's, got, he's on the wine already. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, shoot through any questions you've got in and around the uh, the budget that has been, uh, and uh, we'd be we'd be happy to answer through them tonight. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a big one. Uh, we've got a big one this week. Uh, we'll we'll have a good yarn about the budget. Anything there? Like Andy said. Chuck, any questions you've got in the chat uh, for those who are joining us for the first time, maybe watching this on the replay or stumbling across it, welcome. Andy Fenton across there, as you can see, in the little blue name badge. Uh, Jason Witten uh, here, and uh, both of us have been um, chatting uh, about uh, our respective professional worlds, property and the world of uh, finance, banking and the share market uh, for over a year now with our respective crews Tribes sharing our wisdom, we believe, um, sometimes uh, a little bit more wine than wisdom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. So welcome along, uh, those returning, and welcome those who might be finding us for the first time. Oh, I've got a caller. Um, uh, that's my wife. She's trying to catch me, but uh, I'll let her know I'm on the Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. We've got stuff to do, Andy, today. We do, but before we get into uh, introductions for both of us, I think that it's uh, if you've got your little sound effects reel there, I think it's uh, it's a big happy birthday for for one of the special people in our lives. So uh, happy birthday <laughs> to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Mrs. Witten, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. It's a big you. happy birthday to the amazing Shay Witten. Not today; it was earlier on in the week, um, but uh, we're all sending our, our love and best wishes. Uh, and on Sunday, uh, you know, goodwill for the hangover. <laughs> yeah, we've got a party tomorrow night, which is which is excellent. Uh, so yes, uh, absolutely, happy birthday, my love. Um, but uh, Andy, what do we got uh, on the menu today? Uh, plenty of uh, plenty of discussion points to sink our teeth into on the budget, which will be which will be super cool. I've got a few things that have popped up in the last week to go through what's in the news. Uh, bits and pieces, but uh, where do you want to go? Should we kick off with what's in the budget right now? I think that would be a good thing to sink our teeth into or do you want to leave that till a bit later for those uh, listening in to maybe put some questions 
uh, in the chat about the budget potentially. Um, what are your thoughts? Let's uh, let's give them time to pontificate what their questions are on the budget. Always takes the participants a while to warm up, but now that we're back yeah. on Fridays, I'm sure that they're warming up with a glass of wine or their respective beverage, so they'll be a little bit more confident to shoot them forward. Uh, so maybe, maybe we'll start off with uh, what's in the news. But before we do, for those of you who are first-time uh, listeners, uh, Jason Witten, uh, or as he's also known as uh, Jason Fenton and Andy Witten, sometimes <laughs> changeable, but old Jace is uh, a lifetime in uh, in residential property, education, purchasing, developing, uh, all things property. If there's something about property that uh, is worth knowing, it is locked up in Jason's brain. And he shares it literally every single morning uh, with his uh, with his uh, mentored clients uh, from around Australia and New Zealand, which is uh, quite incredible and quite often shares it with the public. And Wine and Wisdom is a place where Jason and I get to, uh, I get to delve into Jason's brain and, and hear about what's going on in the news, what people should know that relates to the property world. Uh, and I try and uh, drop a few nuggets from my respective world of uh, banking, corporate finance, investment banking, share market and uh, business advisory. And this started in the beginning of the pandemic uh, where there was legislation dropping left, right and centre and nobody knew their ass from their elbow, uh, including us, which is why <laughs> Jackson and I called each other every Friday and dissected the changes that were coming through thick and fast and we decided to share that with you openly and that became Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, which we are here doing today. And although we don't have as much legislation dropping day to day, we still have as much to talk about and uh, and really our aim is to bring as much value to your lives as we possibly can. Uh, and the more that you interact with us, uh, the more value we're going to be able to bring with you personally. So let us uh, know you're there. Light up the boards with the, the likes and the, the loves and the g'days and let us know that you're here. And um, and please, any questions, shoot them through over the course of the day. So Big J, what's been going on in the news recently? Well, I've got a few things. But before we do, we've got our first, um, uh, there's Craig, mate. Uh, good to see you, mate. Um, we've got our first YouTube visitor, uh, uh, Pawan. Oh, welcome from YouTube. Most of the time we get people dialing in from Facebook, but great to have you here on the live today. That's awesome. Um, uh, good to see. We've got a few people dropping by. Uh, Zara saying hello. Jeremy showed up, which is awesome. Uh, fantastic. And uh, Kelly um, saying hello as well. So great to have all, all of you guys here. And uh, uh, Laura's just got her wine, so she's settling in. She's ready to roll. <laughs> Which is awesome, uh, and Jane's uh, Jane's a bit a bit bummed. She can't have any wine. She's still at work, but uh, you might be able to catch up a bit later on, Jane, when, when when you get out of work. So so which is good. So um, yeah, listen. One of the things in the news right now for me, Andy, and and for property investors to keep an eye on. I've been talking about this, maybe just mentioning it once or twice um, in the past, you know, few weeks, and um, it's the idea that there might be. Um, some little bits of, uh, you know, noise um, starting to take place when it comes to um, the idea of tightening some of the lending to slow down a hot property market. Now, I think the hot property market is going to continue to go, uh, and I'll show you a few little things uh, in, a little mi- in a little minute, but um, I think uh, – What's, uh, what's on the table and what's off the table for this stuff right now. There's, this is about the fourth or fifth article that's come through talking about, all right, well, uh, the government might 
want to intervene. Someone might want to intervene in the property market because it's got a good head of steam and, and it's going to continue to roll. Uh, and I'll show you a little bit about why I think it's going to continue to roll in a minute, folks. But uh, what could happen, uh, we can take some lesson from our, uh, our Anzac neighbours, uh, the New Zealanders, and if anyone from NZ uh, on the live right now, give us a shout-out. But uh, in New Zealand, they haven't messed with the interest rates. They have messed with the ability for people to borrow loan-to-value ratios. So what's off, what's off the table? Let me, let, me, let me do this. What's off the table uh, is interest rates. They are not going to be touched, okay? No one's going to be messing with interest rates. Um, interest rates are going to be low for at least four to five years. That's the call. Um, out on the street, we had uh, one of Australia's best um, regarded property economists on the other night with some of our members, Andy, and uh, his name's Dr. Andrew Wilson, and he uh, reinforced exactly what you and I have been talking about for many months now. Interest rates are going to be low for a while Many other countries around the world, you've, you've said it many times, places like Japan and other places around the world have reached this zero, this zero or close to zero interest rate um, era and have been there for, well, Japan's been there for over a decade, has it not? Um, yes, and the um, currency crisis, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it, there's no reason and the, and the government does not want to scare anybody um, especially people who are pouring in first-home buyers into the home market right now. They don't want any of those people being wobbly when it comes to economic um, capacity, their home loans. You know, they want Australians to be confident. They want Australians to have spare cash. They want Australians to consume and spend money and get back to work. That's what they want. And if you mess with interest rates, that wobbles everybody in the marketplace, all right? So, um, what won't be on the market or won't be on the cards is interest rate rises. That's not going to happen. But what may happen is loan-to-value ratios might decrease. You know, right now um, you can get a 98% loan uh, if you're a first-home buyer, okay? And so those are the sort of the percentages that, Andy, you and I haven't seen for a long time, probably since pre-GFC. Um, when it came, when it comes to this world of lending and uh, property investing, so uh, I think they will reduce the loan to value ratios over in New Zealand. Um, they restricted loan to value ratios to eighty percent on new properties only, and uh, when you wanted to release equity, getting equity out, uh, they restricted it to sixty percent at equity releases. So. That's uh, how they tried to slow that market down in New Zealand. Um, so, you know, I think that is probably what will happen maybe in the future if the property market continues to run, get a bit of a head of steam. And uh, I think for the moment, for the moment, that the pressure on that property market for it to continue to roll is there in spades. They're in spades. Um, the gap between... Uh, interest rates and um, uh, cash rates is pretty large, Andy. Um, uh, I, I did this one the other day with my crew. I did this one in one of my morning chats and we talked about the gap between this is the cash rate, you know, less than a percent, 
and this is a, a, a rental yield, uh, let's say on a, on an apartment in Brisbane, and the the gap between those is absolutely astronomical, five percent plus, and um, you know for the first time in many 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 decades, that gap um, is is large, and uh, this is where cash. You and I have talked about it before. Cash is trash, um, you know, and um, and uh, that money, cash, will come out. And what will happen? I talked about this, Andy. We call it yield compression in the world of property. <laughs> cash is trash. Um, we call it yield compression in the world of property. The 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 closing of the gap between the true cost, probably about three and a half percent. Um, right now, if you average it out for a loan, and five and a half percent—that's a net, you know, two percent minus some costs. It's pretty good at the moment. So I think the marketplace will continue to run, uh, and that gap, because I believe a lot of cash, Andy. This is what I believe. I believe a lot of cash will come out of uh, the world of bonds and other investments that you you have mentioned many times before, which are called defensive, and I think they'll look for residential as a safe haven and i think they'll buy in cash andy and they can you know if you're getting what half a percent in the bank and you're competing with a piece of real estate and you ended up yeah i'll, I'll end up with a net yield of or gross yield of three percent that's better than the bank someone with cash can pay more for the property than someone with leverage right so i believe if the big chunks of cash uh, coming out into the market, I think it's still got a way to go. I think that'll be a, a secret pusher as well for the right quality of property as we look into the marketplace. So, you know, a couple of things in the news this week when it came when it comes to real estate in general. We've got some stuff to talk about with real estate and property investing in the budget, but I'll leave that till a little bit later. But they're the two, Andy, that I believe will continue to push us along. And I'll just show this for, for shits and giggles. Check this out. This um, this was interesting. I, I, I grabbed this today. This was the 10-year or, or since 2005 to 2019, the bonds, global bonds and cash return, um, uh, average, uh, average return. And <laughs> I wonder what that's going to be going forward. I think that'll be an absolute disaster. <laughs> so... Oh, well, there you go. So, yep, I think there'll be more cash than you can poke a stick at into in the property market, which will continue to push that property market along. And also, while we while we have it, access <laughs> access to easy lending and um, uh, low interest rates are going to fuel that also. And the government... Um, is still got some reasonable, some reasonable um, incentives for you as a first home buyer to get into the market. So I think that little that construction boom will, will push things along, um, and we'll talk about that also um, maybe a little bit later on because the cost of construction has already started to skyrocket, especially in single uh, single uh, standalone housing, Annie. Um, it's it's almost up twenty percent. Um, uh, multi density housing because it uses a bit more concrete uh, and um, and other things that are more uh, localized. But timber and other things that we we build houses out of standalone houses out of 
those things are um, pushing the prices already. So uh, it's an interesting one, uh, but there's the couple of quick ones of what's in the news for me um, uh, this week, Andy. But what about you? What uh, what do you got for us? Well, mate, all of my focus this week's uh, all been about budget. So I, I really haven't been taking too much notice uh, of the rest of the, the market, other than we talked about uh, Bitcoin and and uh, and crypto over the last couple yeah. of weeks and, and wow. sort of astounding astounding crashes in the market over the last 48 hours. Must have been because uh, we I told you it was heavily media bound, a lot of the uh, the trading on these platforms. And we talked about it and we crushed the market, Jason. We, we spoke about it. We had a big <laughs> impact on the, uh, on the crypto market. Uh, well, I do was, know, I do know, Andy, part of the news was that, um, uh, you know, Elon, Elon did a tweet saying, yeah, we're not going to buy any more Bitcoin because of the, uh, of the uh, environmental impact. And uh, that had a bit of a, a bit of a, an emotional oh, reaction oh, in the marketplace. Load. So there you go. <laughs> shit. What a load of horseshit. Anybody who wants an interesting little look, go and have a look at the Saturday Night Live skit that, uh, that Musk did on there. Mate, if there isn't a person who is just sitting there kind of taking the piss at the rest of the world uh, with this sort of stuff, then I, I don't really know who is. I think he actually showed a little bit of a side of himself that, uh, that you don't normally see. Uh, well, how, how about this, Andy? This is an interesting one. Maybe a little bit off script today. A little bit off script yeah. today. The idea of um, you know, uh, insider trading. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're marching to a tune here. <laughs> Nobody sent it to me. <laughs> but yeah, how about this, right? So, it, I, I, I'm curious about the idea that um, that someone like Elon or or someone else could make some comments in that sort of space and, you know, have some uh, have some investments in it, make a comment, and those markets move significantly, I would, I would say, in the hundreds of millions or many millions, and, um, you know, it goes down quick, it goes up quick. You know, how is that managed? You know, I don't know. Like, is that close to the world of – is that close to the line of – insider trading or manipulating markets or you know how does it how does it work if it if it happened in normal exchanges yeah uh, it'd be under sec in the us it'd be it'd be done in australia uh, market manipulation 100 so if it was yeah. done on a regulated exchange it would it's not legal or or allegedly right i, I don't believe it would be legal uh, that's my belief. Well, it's, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy said it's like, it, yeah, it's almost, it's almost market almost. manipulation. It is 100% market manipulation. They, no shadow of a doubt. It's 100% market manipulation and uh, maybe disguised up as other things. But uh, look, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but generally <laughs> when, when, when the data starts to look like a duck, quack like a duck, walk like a duck, it's a fucking duck. And, uh, and, you know, in my world, it, if it is not, it is just some very unusual coincidences of which I've never seen in my entire life. So, uh, but you know, when you can dump billions of dollars in and out of markets, you can manipulate them extraordinarily well when they're not regulated, uh, which is the, the wild, wild west. And, and that's what we're seeing. I think somebody did tweet there. Yes, it was up 12%. I think it was down 30 odd percent over, you know, 24 hours after the Saturday Night Live um, yeah, prove it, says uh, says Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and here's the thing when you don't have regulators there's really not a huge amount to prove uh yeah yeah heidi was saying well yeah how do you uh prove it not proceed it but how do you prove it you know which is which is interesting well and that's it and that you know it's a it's an interesting game and and um you know if you're in the in that space of trading things well you've got to you've got to understand the game you're playing i suppose andy you know and you know if you're going to be in that unregulated space it's a bit wilder um and um yeah when everybody sells it's time to buy and you know if you if you can handle the ups and downs like we said last week you know in the marketplace you know sometimes uh you know sometimes it might be um it might be something you learn to do um for me certainly it wouldn't be you know um my major wealth um activity it'd be uh, a, a side a side hustle wealth activity but i know a lot of people you know making a couple of bucks out of it as they're going along but again oh, it's trading God. not investing as in you and i talk about investing we're a little bit more conservative in our school we're talking about buying things to keep for a long time um but uh you know like my world which is you know uh trading is like property developing you know your world might be you know buying and selling whatever stocks you know quite liquid you know, nice and fast, you know, those two worlds um, are not our speciality. They're not our number one um, preferred places to, to live. Um, but certainly we've seen some interesting, some interesting experiences in our 20 years in our respective oh, you know, <laughs> industries in this space. It's it, Look, all I did was from, from last week, uh, Literally, as I said last week, I said it's it's one of my my thoughts is that it's a media controlled market. Uh, so as soon as I saw the negative come out, just dumped everything, uh, and when saw a couple of little green ticks this morning, brought back in with a couple of uh, of new. So all of a sudden, I'm up seventy eight percent in in one week, like just literally <laughs> by trading trading newspapers. Uh, and look, I'm just stuffing around with it, but I, to me that. I mean, it's a gamble, right? Because it could have gone either which way. There was really no substance to what I did, other than what one of my beliefs are at the moment is that the wild, wild west, uh, which is the the, the coin uh, currency market, uh, is if you if you trade common belief uh, or if you trade uh, if you trade market commentary, uh, yeah. being tweets and and the powers that be, then uh, then you'll make money. But uh, to me, that's one hell of a gamble because when they start to go. And they want to start to manipulate it in their fashion against that way. They're smart enough to know that if they tweet in a certain direction, they'll go in a certain direction. And then when they need it to go the opposite way, they'll tweet tweet the right thing in order to do the wrong thing, in order to be in the right space. Um, and that's just what we've seen before in the days of allegedly Renee Rivkins of the world. Uh, you know, equity markets were very similar to this at some point in time in in the, in history. And uh, and still remember uh, many of the stories as I was growing up about these sorts of things. So, as I say, history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic, uh, mm. and I believe that this is a new mimic. Yeah, yeah. I I do remember um, quite by accident many years ago when uh, we first started out. We were looking, you know, we uh, Sam and I started in positive cash flow mining towns in two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. And there was literally a mining boom from like 2003 to 2008 or nine. Well, actually, till 11 or something. It, it went it went forever and a day. But we we got involved in these mining towns or towns that were influenced by mining um, 
you know, you could buy a house for 30 grand and it was renting for $150 a week. The yield was like 25%. It was crazy. And uh, uh, we had a pretty good database. Actually, I'll tell a quick story. Um, I uh, Back in the day when realestate.com first launched, which was 2003, uh, I, I, I signed up for realestate.com and I put um, I put fake listings, fake property listings all over realestate.com in every single suburb of Australia. And I built a database, like I hacked realestate.com. I built a database of property investors, um, um, like super fast, about 30,000 people got on my database within about a month. And um, <laughs> realestate.com, they found out who I was um, and they banned they banned me. So I, I couldn't use realestate.com for a decade. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> because I hacked their system. But what I did do, <laughs> anyway, it, it was the Wild West. Yeah, it was the arbitrage. You know, um, and, you know, it, it, it was something that shouldn't have been done. But, you know, we, we were just mad and young. And um, so then what I did was I emailed those 30,000 people going, hey, this mining town you've never heard of, you've never heard of, is absolutely going off, you should buy there. And every single mining town that we did that about um, literally boomed afterwards. Um, and there was one place called Air in Queensland that um, I said, watch this, Sam. Um, this, you, we'll, we'll send this email. And we sent the email and, um, you know, the, uh, the town went up 50% in 12 months. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And it was because... It was because of that time where unless you were driving around, physically driving around, you didn't know any towns and it was the first time ever that you could get access to this information about property, you know, at, at a decent speed if you had um, if you had the internet, you know, back then in 2003. <laughs> but anyway, I think we did some insider trading um, that would have been illegal in the share market but it was perfectly fine in the, in the property market, you know. <laughs> But anyway, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever heard of inside trading on property, but uh, but mate, that, but this is uh, this is what hap- can happen in un- unregulated yeah. space. Really rare for yeah. it to happen in in places like uh, property because it's so illiquid, right? You, it's you yeah, can't say too slow. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I've I've noticed a few chats popping up in in our chat feed. Just be kind to each other, people. We're we're actually just having a bit of a laugh at the old Bitcoin side of the equation. I know a lot of people take it all seriously in the in the currency, and and so you should. We believe that it's a a solid part of the future, but uh, but just just be kind because we're we're just having a little bit of a laugh. We're uh, we're we're not uh, <laughs> endorsing or anything like that. We're 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 novices in the market, and we say that we're novices, and we're not. We're just we're not we're not trying to jump commentary. It's very much a satire comment. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and we don't live to manipulate markets, uh, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I do think no. that it, it is quite comical what's what's happening. And when we look back, though, uh, and here's the real lesson: if you look back, you will see the same trends. You will see it, like Jay said, in property where where industries have sparked off and just gone berserk, and you will see the same thing. Uh, pre uh, Black Wednesday, I think it was in the market. And if you look back early enough, or even just watch one of the new Hollywood blockbusters, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you will see the same sorts of uh, uh, things going on in different ways. So the the history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic. 
Uh, it's a cool week. We're, we're, one one movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, ladies and gents, to watch is The Big Short. You, if you if you want to understand what happened in the GFC and the global financial crisis and the, the lending meltdown around the world, go watch that one. It'll curl your toes. Thankfully, thankfully, the Australian banking system and lending processes are, you know, in the top five in the world and we're at that time and they're even tighter now. Um I always say that to people like, you know, just be thankful. Sometimes it's really annoying that you can't lend money because you want to, but uh, on the flip side, it actually keeps our uh, our economy fairly safe in that respect. There's other reasons why it would be unsafe, you know, but not, not from bad lending practices. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Watch a couple of those movies. What is it, Andy? Uh, the Big Short. Um, uh, what's the the Wolf of Wall Street? The Wall of Wall Street. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of others. So, uh, yeah. What's the one with um, the guy who did the biggest scam in history? Um, he ran that fund. He called it the Black Box Fund. Um, Bernie Madoff. Yeah, the Bernie Madoff one. Yeah. What was it, billions of dollars or something? That, uh, I haven't just... seen a movie based on it, but then again, I'm not the biggest movie buff. Uh, <laughs> uh, old Bernie. Yeah. Old Bernie. Yeah. Nobody saw yeah. Bernie coming, did they? Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Maybe that was the movie. <laughs> Uh, Wall Street, yeah, Wall Street, watch Wall Street. So, yeah, folks, you know, listen, you know, um, like Andy Andy said, you know, we, uh, we've, spent, we've spent a fair bit of time in our, our, uh, our swim lanes when it comes to investing and understanding, you know, certain uh, investment principles and, and ideals. Um, but certainly, the, you know, we both believe we're, we're sort of outside the box thing because we both believe the world of uh, blockchain and, and crypto and, and decentralized control of uh, currency is is here to stay forever. Um, but what will happen, uh, mark my words, is that governments will need some way of influencing in some way, shape or form. Uh, and uh, it's only early days that the toe-to-toe, the back and forth of how this is going to roll, governments and banks. Um, and, and to be honest, that's, that's how, you know, that's why Bitcoin and the, and the blockchain was, you know, was came to life because of the, the desire not to be controlled by nations and banks and manipulated by, you know, um, the big institutions. Uh, but it'd be interesting. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how we go, Andy. But what's 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 on the budget? Let's. <laughs> Let's get to the budget, Andy. <laughs> Let's get to the budget. Look, there is way, 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 way too much uh, that's in the news in the budget. So I'm going to touch on some key stuff and I reckon we can have an in-depth conversation. I've prepared an absolute cracker presentation for, for you and uh, and your private clients and, and for mine, uh, uh, which we'll be presenting probably next week or over the next coming weeks because there's there's it's it seems innocuous on the front, but there's some great stuff in here. Uh, so, look, can't wait to share inside the group because we can actually get a little bit more into the strategy side of the equation. But I might drop a couple of thought patterns and some thought bombs uh, on everybody listening tonight uh, so you can start to dissect this. Before I do, though, all one of the big caveats that I'm going to go into is that the budget is not ratified yet. It's got to go through the, the House of Reps. It's got to go through the Senate. And while the government has a good majority in the House of Reps, it does not have a good majority in the in the Senate. Uh, and the Senate is where this is going to have to go through. So a lot of what we're going to t- so some of what we're going to talk about is not legislated. Some of it already is legislated. And here's the thing about the budget. 
is it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about the budget. Well, I'm not quite sure where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> but I bet what, what I was trying to say, it seemed like it was going to line up in my head, but it didn't quite go there. <laughs> Uh, your first line up, mate, it's affecting you too quickly, right? <laughs> it, it was what's not in the news, which I think was the most powerful part. Uh, and that's what uh, I think I had a slide in here where I said what's not in the news. Um, because uh, what's not in the news was, uh, was, was actually probably a little bit more prolific than what was in the budget. Because uh, there was a whole lot of stuff that they didn't talk about, which hasn't made headlines, which is really, really interesting. So, look, I'm just going to I'm just going to smash through a couple of these things uh, here. A, brought to us uh, via BT and AdScard these slides, and also by Net Wealth. Uh, these are ones that I have uh, uh, that were part of presentations. I don't want to plagiarise uh, that uh, that they're mine, but I'm going to highlight some points in and around some of the data. Um, the one of the key things uh, that was not in the news, Jace, uh, is that the total super balance or the, the balance transfer cap, which is the maximum amount that we can have in superannuation without being taxed, was indexed and went up in 2021 Woo! to 2022. We are now able to have $1.7 million each tax-free uh, in super done the right way. So uh, this also cascades down to defined benefit um, and also, uh, well, sorry, defined benefits caps uh, for those of you with defined benefit pensions. Um, so effectively, that's that affects a whole raft of things. But ultimately, the key thing to take away from that, that what was not in the budget is the indexation of the, the balance transfer cap. So now per couple, uh, we've got 3.4 million uh, tax-free, super cool stuff. Uh, the next major one that people may not be aware of is that our uh, concessional contributions for next year, uh, and this is a kick-ass little strategy that uh, you and I have been working on with many people, Jace, uh, is the concessional contribution cap, including the carry-forward um, or the bring-forward, rather, is, uh, is, is going up. That was not in the news, but this is what's... Uh, What's, uh, what's going to be happening as at July 1st, 2021-22. Uh, as at the non-concessional contribution caps. This is where indexing kicks in. Uh, no longer is it $100,000 per year if you are eligible. Uh, it is now $110,000 worth of post-tax contributions that we can put in if you are eligible. Uh, which means that our carry forward has gone from three hundred thousand to three hundred and thirty thousand uh, dollars. So this is more money that we can get into uh, superannuation. There's so a Andy, whole lot of it, small can business. Can you do that in one years. year? Can you do that in one year? Um, I had a question the other day. So one hundred and ten plus three thirty equals four hundred and forty thousand in one year. If that was part of your plan and you're you, no, no, you no, eligible, it's it's a, it's a bring forward. Uh, of three yeah. years so you could do one contribution uh -huh. at the end of, if you are eligible and there's a couple yeah. of criteria one of which your superannuation balance needs to be under five hundred thousand per member to do yeah. this but if it's under five hundred thousand there's a few other things that you need to to align with so chat to your advisor uh in order to get this right but you could put a hundred thousand in this year 
and then you can bring forward three years, which means that yes. next year, if you delayed it, the 1st of July next year, uh, you could potentially bring forward $330,000, uh, but then you can't make a contribution for three years uh, in a in a non-concessional way. Uh, which you can means still make it concessional. Yeah. You can still make it concessional. Yeah. You can still make your salary sacrifice, your SGC contributions and your personal deductible contributions up to the cap which is the new 27 and a half thousand and if you're uh working uh with us and working on some of the cool stuff that we do behind the scenes which is just this stuff is making it even cooler um then uh you can access potential sort of carry uh, uh, carry forwards of, of this as well which is really really interesting so i love it, it- it's so, so powerful, Andy. Like you and I talk about this all the time. You know, gang, you know, this is not individual advice. Obviously, you need to reach out to your advisor and, and sort of make sure you're on, you're qualifying, all those sorts of things. But, you know, where else in the Australian uh, tax system uh, are you able to have investments that are, you know, um, tax-free in retirement. Yeah, once they once you're in the retirement phase, then you can draw a tax-free income from them at this point in time. Um, and on the way in, the taxing of the money is, you know, super low in comparison to other places. And for the business owners listening in, um, you know, many, uh, many business owners, Andy, you and I have chatted to, uh, you know, don't take care of their super very well. And, uh, you know, this idea, if you're in business and you haven't got uh, more than 500 grand in your super and, you know, you're less than 15 years from retirement, um, well, this stuff is absolute gold uh, for you because you can get your the proverbial finger out and uh, crack on. But the, those in the PAYG world, again, you know, some of this stuff is great also. Um oh. Is there what? Yeah, There's some cracker yeah. stuff that we're going to go through. There's more that nice. we're going to get into in the webinars that we're going to run, mate, but there's some cracker stuff that we're about to share in around that we space, which deep. I think people will really, really sink their teeth into. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's all about it's all about investing. Uh, it's all about the idea of making sure your money and wealth is in places that are efficient and uh, it's always working, gang. You know, we're t- I talk about this all the time. Andy does also talking about, you know, where is your money and what's it doing? Um, and uh, it should be working for you. You know, it should be making 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10%, you know, every year. And if it's not, um, consider learning how to do that as, as you roll forward as, a, as an investor. So nice. That, that, that's, that's alleged. Uh, investment returns, Jay. So just, just check it out. <laughs> that's that's all right, mate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, that, that's some that's some interesting stuff. Note that small business guys, you got to get around this. Um, reach out. Let us know. There's so much cool stuff in there for small business. Um, I'm going to jump across into the, uh, uh, the 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 tax reductions. Uh, because effectively we've got the, the tax rates are changing. Put yourself back uh, up the top, Andy. Put yourself back the up low, the top. You, you, the you the there. Tax. Yeah, you're better up there. There you are. Um, the, the low income tax offset is been, uh, has been pushed forward for another year. They were going to rip it out. They Remember, Jace, we were talking about one of the sneaky little tax manoeuvres that the government did 
uh, a little bit earlier on uh, in the year, in the last budget that was freaking whatever it was, it was October or whatever. Um, yeah. So they put the, the low-income tax offset, uh, they, they pushed that forward for another year, which ostensibly means if you're earning under $120,000, you're going to be better off. Um, they're not going to leave it there, of course. Uh, oh, did they bring it forward? No, no, I haven't got the other slide in there. I thought I put it in. But they're ultimately, uh, now this, again, was what was not in the news because they didn't talk about this because this was already put in the budget and this is what happens when you can do two budgets in six months. You can really go whack, whack. Um, but uh, ultimately, they were going to bring the tax rate down to 30% by 2024, 30% up to $200,000. Now, Jason, that makes it incredible and wipes out a lot of need for bucket companies and funky strategies that we, we use with many, many people in order to yes. come on. And, and it, should that happen, I, I really hope that that happens and I really hope that even if they do have a change in government, they don't come in and bastardise that. I actually think it's potentially a smart move because they put that in there and if they don't get re-elected, Jace, and then Labor come in and repeal it, they'll just come back and go, well, you bastards lift, lifted the tax rate. So I actually think Weidenberg... <laughs> It's a smart uh, move. It's a snooker move or a, a checkmate move. <laughs> it, it is brilliant. And it's not often that I'll sit there and, and I'll, I'll compliment the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the treasurer or any politician these days. But, mate, what, what a manoeuvre. You just slip it in there just after the next term's going to finish and you kind of go, well, there's a massive tax cut for everyone. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, deal with that when you get, the biggest budget deficit that's come from a pandemic. And so, oh, but mark my word, Jase, this is what will happen is you'll end up with not, you won't end up with taxes. And you've heard me say this before. Jace, what are we going to end up with? Not taxes. We will have? Levy. We will have levies. <laughs> levies, levies. <laughs> we, we will have levies. Uh, and uh, we didn't increase taxes, but we, geez, we, we introduced so here's a levy on this and there's a levy on that. <laughs> That's right. Well, Andy, you know, uh, one thing I do know about, um, you know, the tax system, it has been complained about bitterly by the, by the entrepreneurial um, se section of Australia for many years. One of our, um, uh, I wouldn't say heroes, but one of our, you know, uh, mentors, in um, you know a positive or a negative light, depending on how which way you look at him, Kerry Packer, uh, he constantly <laughs> he constantly talked about why would why would other countries bring uh, their capital to Australia when you know the Australian government's tax laws are just insane, uh, complicated and difficult to understand and invest in Australia with, and um, I think I think. You know the behind-the-scenes picture. You know, hearing some of the other rhetoric, Andy, that that uh, the government's been talking about. It'll be the concept of attracting high-earning people to Australia. It'll be the concept of attracting uh, companies to Australia to invest in Australia, simplifying the tax system. You know, they've got a plan to get this budget under control. You know, the the the, the budget deficit's going to be pretty pretty big. Um, so we need. We need we need another ten million people in the country, you know, all earning two hundred grand, um, you know, and contributing to the taxes to pay off that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's got to come and pay the bill, mate. And it's you know, it's good. bring out bring our friends in. Come on, come on in. There you go. Come on, come on in. And here's a tax. Come on, right, come on in. Here's the levy. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, everyone's allowed in the country as long as you can earn two hundred grand and pay the pay the tax. I love it, you know. But it's, but it is it is you know I, uh, you know no matter which way you slice it, Australia is just too big for the population to have an efficient tax system. Unfortunately, you know it's the the infrastructure is just so far and uh, spread. You know the population is not big enough to to give the country enough revenue from its population to keep taxes low. You know, that's just the mathematics. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of another 10 million or 20 million people in Australia. I think economically that makes Australia strong and um, also it's great for the property market. So, yeah, um, bring on another 20 million people. <laughs> and I, I reckon we should pose this uh, in Parliament. It won't get past the House of Reps or the Senate <laughs> for obvious reasons, but if we don't get immigration, just get rid of half of the politicians uh, because then we won't need Dead right. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and I, I won't go into what we were talking about a few weeks ago about how much money actually gets spent back into the economy. I'm not even sure whether it was in this forum or a different one where we shared how much money for the Shire in and around some of the major shires around Melbourne of how much of taxpayers' money actually hit the ground. And no, uh, I think you were talking guys, about that idea, Andy, but we didn't share it, I don't think, on, on uh, One of Wisdom. So allegedly, because um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but look them up, uh, in, in some of the metropolises and the, and the shires in and around Melbourne, the wage, the wage bill was in excess of 58% of total tax revenue collected uh, for, for the, the local shires. Uh, my, in my mind, that's criminal because if you had a business and your business was, uh, had 50% of your running or 58% of your running costs was your talent, you wouldn't have a business for long. No, uh, you wouldn't have a business. You wouldn't survive. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. So, oh, look, there's, there's so much more. We're going to sink out because I know the time's ticking on. I really want to chat with this one uh, with you, Jace. But Medicare Levy, uh, here's some great stuff. Chat with Jace's team. Chat with your advisors and stuff because – uh, in tax minimization world, like they've they've uh, increased thresholds for uh, for let me just put it up here so you can have a little bit of a read ski. Um, uh, I've got to jump out of this browser and into another. I'm getting too excited and, and not managing my technology. But there we go. <laughs> um, so uh, so they've increased the threshold. So uh, for individuals. Uh, they've increased uh, and for families for additional dependents they've increased it per child. Uh, and for single seniors and pensioners, the thresholds increase for the Medicare levy. So for those of you who don't know, the Medicare levy is this, uh, is what pays for Medicare. Um, well, pays for a few other things too, but um, but let's not get into the politics of it. Uh, so they've 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 actually increased the threshold, which means that if you can and if you can use deductions to get below a certain level. The low income tax offset, which we just spoke about, is going to be your friend. It'll give you an extra up to $1,080, I think it was, off the top of my head, ballpark. Yep. And then if they bring this in and they, and they get this through the House uh, then you or through the Senate, then you will be able to uh, claw back an extra 2%, an extra 2% if you just are able to get your deductions to the right level, minimise your tax, keep more in your pocket, less in the pocket of people who don't care how they spend it. And the way that they spend it is to produce... A million dollars, a trillion, a quadrillion dollars worth of billion dollar bills, as one of our ridiculous politicians did more recently. Hopefully, none of our listeners are friends. Um, Small business (laughs) tax concessions. uh, Let's talk about this next week. We're going to have 
likely going to have old mate Paul Sidorovsky, hope, on. He hasn't, gu- he hasn't guaranteed us yet, but we'll put a, through a few rib punches in and see if we can steal time away from his family uh, and get him in, and we'll talk about all things business tax concessions. But instant asset write-off is gone, but the, 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 uh, it, it basically they've just opened it up and gone, you can have as much as you want. Right, you can write it off in one year on eligible assets, and you need to know what eligible assets are. Yeah. Um, so let's chat about that next week in huge amount of detail, and uh, let's get stuck into this one because this one is the one that is causing a lot of confusion, and um, uh, th- that I'm already seeing play out. Uh, and I'll give credit where credit's due. This is a general use document by uh, by Net Wealth, but we're we're taking responsibility. Please see your advisor or your accountant to to ratify any information that we're chatting about. But here we go. So uh, first uh, first home buyers, people have been saying already, Andy, I can take fifty grand out of my super and inject that into a deposit for my first house, and that's the way that you would believe it. And that and then, ladies and gentlemen, this is politics. This is politics. What they say, you've always got to read behind the eyes. Uh, and there's not a lot going on behind the eyes. Uh, that is in the interest. No, that's sorry. I won't take too much piss out of the politicians. But there's always the way things are presented are not always the way that they seem. But let's just demystify it uh, if we can. So, yes, they've said for the, uh, f- uh, f- uh, what is it, first home buyer super saver scheme, first home buyer super saver scheme, uh, it's got a good ring to it, doesn't it? They love their acronyms. Uh, so it has increased from 30000 to 50000 That much is true if it gets through the Senate. Um, so it could become law. Contributions. Uh, so what is eligible? And this is the real thing. And so we're going to have to talk terminology here. There are, there are a few different types of contributions. There are your SGC contributions, which are your employer contributions. So if you are employed by an employer, you have SGC contributions. That is your 9.5% right, of, your, of your salary. Those you cannot withdraw from your super, right? Um, so your SGC, no, they're not allowing you to take that. Uh, you have your salary sacrifice, which is if you choose to through your employer, you put extra contributions in. Well, then those are up for grabs. Those are a possibility. You then have post-tax contributions, which are called non-concessional contribution, which is where you take money out of the bank and you put it into your super fund uh, without paying any tax on the way through. It's tax paid money. That you can use 100% of, right? And then you have got uh, personal deductible contributions, which is most of the business owners out there, this is what we do a lot. We take money from our own pocket at the end of the year, we throw it into super and we claim a tax deduction for it. Now, this is a part of an eligible concessional contribution. So 85% of eligible concessional contributions we can use. Now, this is so complicated. It's it's just fantastic for people who love complicated <laughs> stuff. It just makes life a pain in the ass for everybody else. So there are other rules that apply, but there are limits to an annual cap of $15,000. Uh, so... Each year, there's an annual cap of $15,000 that you can use towards this. So, And it has been in play now, I think, uh, 17, July 17, which is 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20, 2021. So that is potentially $60,000 if every year you made additional contributions to super. Now, what I know about the world is that is virtually fucking no one. 
right? It is virtually no one is eligible for this right now. No one is eligible right now. Very few people. I'm exaggerating. All right, so let's you, – you've pretty much picked up what I'm putting down. Everybody, light up the, the comments if you are picking up what I'm putting down and let's have a discussion about this, Jace, because this is really interesting. Because assuming they keep this and this is a long-term strategy and what I was going to say about your commentary earlier on about them – adjusting LVRs and things like that, that's going to take them time, right? Because that's done through APRA, it's done through prudential regulation, it's done through yeah. banking in 1959. Now, that is a whole world and they don't have a royal banking inquiry now to, to, to hang their opinions on and make massive changes. So although I agree with what you're saying uh, and what the possible direction might be with that, I wonder whether the government are going to have time to focus in that area. Uh, because they're, they're too busy spending money. And mark my words, I haven't said it yet, but I should have said it right from the beginning. It's an election budget. God. So <laughs> it's like somebody who's just been given a million dollars and they're just trying to figure out how to spend it as fast as they fucking can and win as many friends as they possibly can while they're doing it. There is very little in this budget that is going to build on pandemic proofing moving forward. And it's going into very, and I've got to be careful here because it is going into very worthy areas right? Very worthy areas, aged care, into equality, right? It's going into really worthy areas. But those in, in the way that they've spent it in those worthy areas, I don't believe is going to have the maximum impact on, uh, on pandemic proofing the economy. I do think it'll have the maximum impact on winning some more votes. Uh, but Getting I hope them re-elected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, so I'm all for the, 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 the theme behind them. But uh, I, I just don't think that it's a pandemic-proofing budget. Let's just call it for what it is. I'm all for it. I want to make that absolutely clear. I'm all for equality. I'm all for um, equal rights. I'm all for boosting up our mental health system. I think it's you know it needs so much work in our aged care. I'm all for all of those things. But I don't believe it's a pandemic-proofing budget. I believe that it is an election budget. Uh, I want all of those things, but I'm just calling it for how I see it. Mm. So. Mate, so let's just assume that this housing, um, this 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 using super, the first home buyer super saver thingy, let's just assume scheme. that uh, this uh, scheme, it's a scheme. Never trust a scheme. A scheme is a scam. <laughs> it's in the word. It's in the it's in the name. It's a scheme. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder if they'll regulate themselves on this one. So here's here's what the world of possibilities could be, and here's why it's a great idea to get in touch with your advisors and 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 chat about these things. Because the way that I see it now, and and there's not been a lot of talk about it, but we know that there's been products built around this previously. Because this isn't a new initiative; this is an expansion of one. Yeah, yeah. Now everyone goes, oh, we can access fifty thousand. How wonderful they are! So again, got to read between the lines, delve a little bit deeper. But but if I was a uh, you know if I was a young couple. Uh, of which I am. I'm a young, part of a young couple. <laughs> but if I was a part of a young couple, first time buyer, I'd be going, how can we use this to our advantage? So if it does uh, pass through to the additional $50,000, there's some potential and you, you might look at it and go, well, do we take the risk that this is still going to be around in four years' time and do we go, well, we'll put $15,000 extra contributions into super because let's just say you're, we've got a, a $75,000 uh, taxable income, right? And we, we go, okay, well, 
Uh, if we put 15000 into super as a personal deductible contribution, that's going to reduce our marginal tax rate uh, down from $0.34 cents in the dollar, and it's going to reduce that down to $0.15 cents in the dollar going into superannuation. Now, if that's in super, then we can access up to 85% of what we put in there. And in the meantime, it's, it's earning a good rate and it's benefiting our future. And if we do that for four years and then pull that money back out, well, A, it's a forced savings scheme. So I'm all for that. You're all for that, mate. Putting yeah, money away, learning yeah. how to save, managing your cash flow. But I, like, I think that there are really some potential in, there's some great potential in here because when you, when, so here's the, here's the fun stuff, Jace, because what ends up happening with this is let's just say, right, let's just say, and you have to speak to your advisor about this, but I love just going forward with the strategy and just dreaming. And none of this is legislated yet, so don't do it, right? Chat to your advisors. But imagine, right, we've got Medicare levy subsidies. Depending on how many kids you have, depending on what your family situation is, you might be able to knock off 2% off your tax rate. You might be able to. You've also got the low-income tax offset, which has been prolonged for another year. Again, if you get to a certain level, you're going to get that benefit of the $1,000. Right? So if you use your investment smart enough, and there may be some extra contributions, so maybe you don't have a house, maybe you've got an investment property, or maybe you're getting into an investment property or whatever with other deductions, and you pull your tax rate back down, and you've made your contributions to super, so you've got 15 cents in the dollar rather than your marginal tax rate, but that's brought you below the 50. Then you've got your other deductions, which has brought you down. You're now paying 2% less because you've got your Medicare levy back and you've got your low-income tax offset. Well, all of a sudden, you've got 2% back. You've got $1,000 from the government um, and you're, you're saving for the purchase of your principal place of residence. Then if you use some of the wonderful tactics of off offset accounts and all of this sort of stuff that sits in between, to me, there is some incredible strategies that can be utilised to really accelerate young people into the market uh, and even not young people because a lot of people these days don't haven't bought properties. You might be an expat who spent like me, spent a long time overseas, came back to Australia, you've never owned a property out here yeah. or you've just been running around different cities. They're, if If they bring this in and they show that they're not going to, piss fart around and mess around with it, I think there's there's actually some incredible merit to this. And I'm really, really excited about how this could be utilised as tactics for people to be able to get into their first homes, uh, get into the market, maybe turn into investment property in the future. There's all sorts of strategies around here. But this is some of the reasons why I'm so excited about this budget. Initially, I looked at it and I went, ah, oh, pretty boring. But then when I went back and I looked and I went, all of the stuff that they didn't say, which is now taking effect, when you start to roll those things together, mate, my brain starts ticking around and going, there is so much up for grabs here and the, the biggest potential to screw this up is for either government to start to fight around terms around it, but if they just consolidate these uh, changes and consolidate these positions, these can really benefit medium to long-term strategies for, for people out there in, 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 in everyday Australia. And yeah. I reckon this is absolutely 100% one to watch. I reckon they will screw it up right royally in how you implement it because it's already complicated how to do it and you will need professionals to guide you through it. I was, was going to say that, Andy. I think that's going to be a great opportunity for the, you know, the let's, let's face it, good quality financial planning advice 
could help extremely with this sort of thing. So I think that's that's a good thing. Um, I you know I, I think that uh, you know for me that would be that would be great. We've got a few people uh, rocking up late. We've got Ryan Darlingham from YouTube. Good to see you, Ryan. Uh, Harry, Harry, mate, good to see you, brother. Dialing in from uh, Sydney. Um, and uh, but a couple of questions. You know, um, Alison was talking about you know putting money into extra super. She's uh, in the defence. Um, so, you know, Andy, you can have, you know, two or three different um, super accounts, right? So you can have the extra contributions. You can actually start another super and, and um, maybe just quickly let them know what that means. You know, you don't, you don't just have one. Uh, it's not a super account. It's what's, what's it called? A, um, it's a member account. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, uh, can have two. you can have two funds. You can have five. You can have ten. You can have fifteen. You can have twenty. Some people have. You can uh, you can partner up with family. Um, I don't know if everyone listening in. Then this is the stuff that Andy and I love, and we share this with our private clients all the time. When you dive deep into the details of this stuff, you know, you, Andy and I could join up, and we could actually have a two member super fund together. Like Andy and I could do one together if we wanted to. You know, um, the limits are how much money you can get into them, um, but you can have up to a six member. Uh, I'm pretty sure, just correct me if I'm wrong, it used to be it's four and now up, it's yep. six. Yep. It was five and now so, it's six, yep. Yep. So you can have six people in one fund and, uh, you know, I do that with my family. Um, and so there's some some benefits for me on how I do that with my my mum and dad. I have to look after them and so we work out how to contribute money in there legally and then they can get money out Um in a tax-free, efficient way, and the assets we own in there, when they pass away, I get to keep. And uh, in the meantime, they've been able to live off the income. And so, instead of using after after tax cash dollars, uh, we're using before tax dollars or low tax dollars, um, and managing that really smartly. So, uh, Alison, there might be a conversation with your advisor, whoever that is, um, to think about that. If you've got this spare cash flow and you you wanted to start another fund. Um, you can do that as you go. So, uh, and ask a quick question. That, I haven't thought it through yet, but here's it is whoever you you work with, Alison. Here's here's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it yet, but I'm thinking if it's in and around the first home buyers, I'm thinking that maybe a separate account would be a good idea because then you can isolate the types of contributions. Now, I haven't thought it through, but that would be the question that I'd ask. So, I'd go: Is it worth opening up a different account? A separate account. If I'm going to do it for the first home buyers, again, haven't thought it through. That's something uh, that you should you should not do, but you should ask your advisors about because I'm pontificating yeah. it myself. I uh, listen, Eddie. You know, um, I'd already thought about you know a few little things, and as you were talking about it myself, I'm thinking, wow, you know, if you planned that right, you know, low tax on the way in, no tax on the way out, um, buy your own home. Make a gain, sell it capital gains tax free. Right, well, I'm going to stop you there, Jace, because I've made you so excited, and you're going to say you're going to say something which is going to get me I'm going to get pumped here, right? Okay, okay, delete <laughs> that bit. <laughs> but, but I hear where you're going, and look, and we're we're kind of having a bit of fun with this, but there's actually limitations yeah. of what Jace and I can say in a public forum, uh, and <laughs> especially when it's it's here, we're 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 a little bit hamstrung, or at least I am. Jason's not, so I've got to be yeah. a little bit. I'm a bit loose, but Andy's regulated, gang, so he has to be conservative. I can get a bit loose, but it's allegedly, and uh, it's not it's not. Um, but 
but yeah. great questions. And I think that that's yeah. what everyone should be doing and asking the questions of their advisors and getting in front yeah. of this and kind of going, what about this? How can we? Could we use this? If we can use this, how can we use this? I heard Andy talk about, do we have a separate fund? Is that a good idea? Had him to, like that, That's what we want to be doing with this is making sure that you, you're asking those people in your life the, the right questions. Totally, mate. Um, I, I did uh, many years ago. It was probably six, seven years ago. I went to, um, it was a bit of a sort of a, a boring straighty 180 uh, seminar. It used to be in, in person back in the olden days. Um, and the commissioner. Face to face. Um, <laughs> face to face back in the old days. Um, the the uh, head of the ATO uh, was speaking and um, basically his opening line was, uh, we believe uh, nearly every Australian doesn't claim uh, anywhere near as enough tax deductions that they're entitled to. Um, and um, so he, he was, I think it was like 98.3% of Australians actually actually claim less than they're entitled to in tax deductions. You know, so it's like it, you and I, that that's our, we love that stuff. It's like, gang, it's the game of what you keep, not what you make. Like this mm-hmm. is, you know, just wealth is what you keep, not what you make. It, you can make a million dollars, but if you've got a useless accountant or a useless financial planner, you know, you'll give away $600,000 to the government and then you end up with four hundred grand. you know. Um, it's bloody absolutely useless. So Ben asked a quick question, the extra money, could you put in your super, You could you put in your offset? Yeah, absolutely you could, Ben. The challenge right now for me, Ben, um, number one, that money would have to be after tax and, you know, if you're on a 30% plus tax rate or even higher than a 15% tax rate, it starts to become inefficient. Uh, and then money in the offset account now is, Offset accounts pretty cheap these days, you know, one or you know maybe two and a half to three and a half percent. It, for the first time in my twenty-four years playing around with real estate, um, offset accounts are kind of like, oh shit, that's that's not really that attractive. But um, yes, Ben, if you've got cash sitting around doing nothing, it should be in your offset account. End of story. Um, it's the best place for it to be, especially. You'd be asking the question now, will that legislation get ratified? Will it come into force? Will it be around for a little while? And then could I be creating a hell of a lot more tax advantages, instant money, uh, and could I then get it back in order to then get a house if I want a house in the future? I think that is the question you would now be asking. Or you'd be saying, could I invest that money in in an area that I feel uh, that I'm happy with the amount of risk that I'm taking? In order to earn more on a post-tax basis than what the interest rate is, which is three or two percent, yeah, uh, and yeah. I know that it's uh, it's probably getting a little bit uh, like this. And I wonder if Hang I on. can actually bring this bring this, bring this <laughs> sucker in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting we're getting to that time of the night, Andy. But um, listen, uh, we've got we've got a fan here. Um, Mrs. Fenton, great to see you. <laughs> Love you right my back. <laughs> uh, so, which is say awesome. hi to my mum for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, well, gang, uh, why don't we give that, why don't we put a pin in that one? Um, we, Andy and I could wax lyrical on this for, for more time, but uh, usually we sort of try and go about an hour, 40 minutes to an hour, and... Um, you know, uh, finish up at about five o'clock because it's uh, family time. That's why we changed the start time to around about four. 
And, um, you know, hopefully that works for everyone. Back on Fridays, a cheeky wine, one glass before we go and hang with the family. Mine's done, Andy. You're still sipping. Um, <laughs> Mostly smelling, mate. I'd be uh, – it's, it's, it's been, what, 30, 30, 34, 35 days or something like that. So uh, but just, just the smell of it's almost getting me there. But uh, lovely to see uh, some of the YouTube listeners on. So for those of you who don't know, we, Jason and I, we stream this out now uh, to YouTube. It's on Facebook where we're everywhere that you can stream to at the moment. So it has been great to see some of you YouTubers out there and uh, please spread the word, you know, tag, tag your friends, tag your family. This is uh, hopefully most of you know it by now that this is, uh, Jason, I, it's, there's no vested interest here. It's about just delivering information out to you guys. We love to do it. We like to take the piss out of as many people as we possibly can, including ourselves, but actually bring <laughs> the reality of what's going on with a good light-hearted sense of humour and hopefully make it quite simple for you as well. And, and maybe with the things that are more complex, we just want to give you the tips so that you can go to your advisors, ask the right questions, get the right advice. And as Jason and I always say, let's make new mistakes together rather and because we know the mistakes of the past. Well, we should. Uh, and if you don't, we're here. We'll take you through all of our war stories. We're happy to chat about it, but let's make new mistakes together. So tag your friends, tag your family, let them know that uh, that we're about and because we'd, we'd love to just, uh, we're going to keep doing it regardless, but we'd love to see more of you in and around. There's a great following that it's it's already already got and we appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, but do your friends, do your family a favour because uh, quite honestly, even in my circles, there's not too many people who talk about this sort of stuff. And uh, I know tonight we've had to be a little bit cagey because when it comes to budget, yes, there's a lot that hasn't been ratified and there's a lot of strategies that are pinging around Jason and my head at the moment and both of us like kids in candy stores going, oh, <laughs> we can do all of this. Uh, and sure enough, when we figure out a way that we can bring it to you in a way that uh, is, is, is nicely packaged up in a way that will be simple and easy to understand, we're going to do it. Uh, so... Uh, we love spending time with you uh, and it is absolutely a pleasure. So share it, let people know. We'd love to see you every Friday night that uh, that we're here together, Jace. Absolutely. And uh, maybe one day, um, absolutely, Mrs Fenton, love to meet you as well. Maybe we could do a live Wealth, Wine and Wisdom from uh, from Ranch Fenton uh, sometime yeah. soon. So travel, we can travel, we can travel. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, what a luxury. Put a big bonfire <laughs> out the back and uh, and we'll make it happen. Oh, perfect. Well, the weekend's here. Um, perfect way to uh, to finish this one up. Thanks, everyone. Great to see everyone here and um, awesome to uh, to hang out just for an hour or so and uh, share um, this time together. So that's it. Done and dusted. Andy, another wealth, wine and wisdom done. Good to see you. Good to hang out with you, brother. And, good to um, see you, mate. Indeed. And Have a good weekend, folks. And it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Have a great weekend. <laughs>